Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Hey everybody, welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Today we've got friend of the show, Tony Vandemore. He's uh, up in Missouri right now. Snow goose hunting, just actually, he had to walk out of the field to join us today. Tony, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, we're trying to provide everyone with a little bit of update for the light goose conservation order. Um, it is steamrolling right now, from what I can tell, and just want to get a little update from you on what you're seeing and, and what the conditions are like up there in your area. Well, it's been kind of, we've definitely had a, a really, really early warm-up. Uh, when we were down in Arkansas around the first of February on that full moon, that big warm-up, they were rolling north hard, and uh, we got big numbers of geese in Missouri. A lot earlier than normal. Um, had a little cold snap last week that sent quite a few of them back south. Just a little reset for two or three days, but they're back in force now, uh, which is you know still relatively early. Absolutely, but there's no there's no snow. Yeah, and that's going to be a, a real factor right now. I mean, I know you guys hit them pretty hard, and you got out of Arkansas what like the first week of February. You were pretty much moving back up, or and were you hunting, or were you taking a break there? No, we we finished up, I think it was around the the 14th. Uh, we moved we moved some groups up to Missouri before that. We started up here around the the 8th or so. Um, but we actually got a few guys out of out of Arkansas and brought them up here. Um our our experience this year in Arkansas, I mean every year's every year's different. There were better birds than than last year in terms of uh decoying them especially the, the first week, but, you know, you hunt down there a lot more than I do, but when it, whenever it's wet, to me, it's it's tough. The, you're sitting there watching 15,000 birds feed and waiting to go to roost, and then at dark, they jump up and they go 200 yards away to 10 acres of sheet water in the corner of the field. Just wet, wet years for us are tough down there. They don't string out. Uh, they don't go very far from the roost. You know, most of the time, they're, they're feeding in the same field they're roosting in. And it was plenty plenty wet that second week. Absolutely. I mean, we run into that a lot. And, you know, the thing is, we're hunting massive feeds normally. And, uh, you know, those birds, and, and we have an expectation that they're going to do something. And then they do something completely opposite. Or, you know, you get you, you show up and there's another massive feed, you know, within a mile that they see, you know, and that, that just kind of hopped over. Um, it can get really frustrating, especially like you say, with those those wet conditions. Yeah, there's just so much so much water. Yeah, and it's and I really think it's a different bird in Arkansas than it than once they get up there in north northern Missouri with you. Um, their behavior significantly changes as far as you know with the water and the feet and the feet. Um, and, and so it's just you have to kind of adapt your ta- tactics a little bit. I know that it can get frustrating, but so Los Bluff right there in your neck of the woods reporting 1 million birds. Um, that's a pretty significant number for, you know, what is it, February 20th. Um, where, where do you see that migration as far as being strung out um, and where the central location is? That's kind of the, the problem I see with it anymore is it's, it's so strung out. I mean, those, those old, old birds, you know, the, the breeders, they are constantly pushing that snow and ice line and they're, they're going so fast anymore. I mean, it seems like there's a million that get to Los Bluffs 
every year, you know, earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a huge number out in the basins in Nebraska. You know, I'm hearing bird reports from, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, um, obviously your area, and then all the way down still into North Louisiana and South Mississippi. Um, so, you know, kind of from what I'm hearing, like I hunted just a few days ago in Arkansas and we had a, we had one decent shoot out of two days, and it was all Ross's geese, which is a pretty good indication that we're you know nearing that that tail end. Um, but there's still, I mean, I drove back you know from Stuttgart over to Memphis, and I probably saw you know two or three small feeds, which and small, but they were significant. Um, so that's the thing is they seem to be really strung out. Plus, are you hearing anything regarding that? kind of a little bit further eastern push um, are you hearing guys talking about all these birds in indiana and you know southeastern illinois um, are, are you hearing any reports of that yeah for sure and it seems that that's getting to be more the case every year um i mean i grew up in illinois and we never never saw snow geese when i was a kid now you know there's a lot of them that come up through there yeah a lot and i, I think there's quite a few there now um I don't know, honestly, where the bulk of them's at. I would have to think, just judging by the numbers I've seen, they've got to be at, at Los Bluff in Nebraska. Um, it just, there's there's no, no snow to speak of anywhere. And, you know, that kind of coincides with, with a lot of duck seasons and what we hear down south. I mean, whenever there's no snow, these things, they just don't they, – they get in a hurry, the snows especially, and they're they're constantly going to push that. You know, you get – 50,000 snow geese on four inches of ice and and I think they can open it up fairly quickly and and they don't mind them old birds don't mind just standing on the ice but they're going to constantly push as far as they can based on you know still being able to get food and get a drink here and there yeah I mean those hardy adult birds are really they're difficult to hunt Um, you have to respect them I mean they're fascinating birds and, and they are certainly pushing north hard right now um, as far as juveniles go, I mean, are you seeing a, a significant difference from last year? I, I certainly heard we were we were going to see a significant difference based on you know all the hunt reports and, and guys that I trust that, that hunted them this fall in Canada and Dakotas and whatnot. I mean, they had lots and lots of juvies and juvie Rossies, and I glassed a lot of flocks that stopped here this fall, and you know the color looked pretty good. Uh, 10, 15% juvies on a lot of them, and we, we haven't seen them yet this spring. I know that. Yeah, you guys are you guys are really up against it right now with the adult birds, I'm sure. Um, but yeah. I, I think that's a pretty safe estimate, you know, from what I've heard and, and from what we're seeing is 10, 15, you know, even upwards of maybe 20%, you know, on average, um, which has helped some of the hunters down here this spring, and I'm sure you, you guys should see those here within the next 10 days. Um, coming within the next 10 days, let's talk about that. We're looking at... What's your weather going to look like, and what are you expecting, you know, within the next 10 to 15 days? I think the, hopefully the big race is over, you know, the race to get to the ice line, you know, Nebraska and, and Los Bluffs, and hopefully now we'll start to get into some staging birds. Uh, our weather's cold. It was 13 degrees this morning, but we're supposed to get up in mid-40s today, mid-50s tomorrow, mid-50s on Sunday. Uh, big warm-up, but then right back into the – the teens for lows and high twenties next week. So hopefully there'll, there'll be something that'll, you know, that, that weather next week will throw the brakes on some of them because right now they're, they're in hurry mode. Yeah. And that's pretty typical for you up there. Um, you know, kind of going back and forth on the real sharp swings 
to really, really or fairly cold into like a mild warm up. Those birds will push. So you, you kind of get that fluctuation of birds going back and forth. Yep, absolutely. So you, what time of year are you guys basically wrapping up? Um, typically, you know, from a, from an outfitting standpoint, we'll usually have huntable numbers of birds till 10 to 12 March in our area. Um, I guess a little bit later, further up in Northwest Missouri. Um, and we'll, we'll end up hunting them till, you know, early to mid April. Yeah. But, but from a, from a good number standpoint, um, normally I'd say the end of the first week of March, it's starting to get pretty thin. Yeah. And honestly, I was, was had been kind of worried about it with with as quick as it's been happening already. But it's easy to get to get antsy uh, seeing you know the big numbers north and you know decent numbers here and and warm temps coming. But but at the end of the day, the the migration is always very long. I mean, there's a lot of birds. It's strung out. It just seems like it's even more strung out with with the older birds and no snow line to really check anything up. The Ducks Unlimited Expo, May 15th, 16th, and 17th, 2020 at the Texas Motor Speedway in Fort Worth, Texas. Interactive villages, shooting, archery, dogs, fishing, kayak, canoe, 4x4 off-road tracks, ATV, UTV track, industry experts, demonstrations, exhibitors, and more. The Ducks Unlimited Expo, everything outdoors. The ultimate playground for the outdoor enthusiast. The Ducks Unlimited Expo. Visit www.duckexpo.com. One more thing to ask you before we let you get back into the hunt. Can you kind of provide people an idea of, you know, what your setup is? Like if someone were to come up there um, and hunt with you, like what, how does that whole process go through? You know, we all, we sit here and talk about snow goose hunting all the time. And and there's a large majority of hunters who have never done it. Um, Sometimes they're basing their opinions off of whether in an Instagram video or, you know, whatever they're doing, but just kind of give people an idea of, of what that process looks like and, and what the, what your decoy spread looks like and e-callers and and all that. Well, it kind of, kind of differs, you know, in Arkansas, we're, we're hunting only feeds Mm -hmm. uh, just because there's there's so much water. Um, They roost in a lot of different areas and and you, you don't necessarily have the traffic that you do up in Missouri. Um, up here, they're all coming from one central location. They're coming from the refuge, uh, so you've got them pinned as far as where they're where they're sleeping at. And then they're going out to feed in the morning, coming back in to the refuge, you know, late morning, and then they're going back out to feed in the afternoons. And for that reason, we've we've transitioned more to you know big heated pits and large full body decoy spreads with you know lots of sounds and, and motion and your your bird numbers. I mean, they're constantly fluctuating. I mean, you might have 50,000 leave overnight and 25,000 new ones show up the next day. So you can get away with running running some of that permanent stuff. But just trying to get in, in known feeding and migration lines and, and running traffic on them. Cool. Yeah, no, I think that paints a pretty good picture and gives people an idea of, of what you guys are dealing with up there. Hey, Tony, I appreciate you joining me today. I um, hope everyone kind of benefits just from getting an update of where the light goose migration is, um, everything from what I'm seeing to what you're seeing, uh, large geographical difference and in, in seeing these birds pushing hard and fast. But I do uh, appreciate you joining me. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. I mean, it's 
I hope you guys get some more good shooting down there. I mean, the, the biggest thing is, you know, these things are smart, but this spring migration is a spectacle. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable to see whether, whether you're killing them every day or not. It's, it's pretty awesome to sit there and, and watch, watch what's going north, specks and Canada's and ducks and snows and get under a few of them big spins. Absolutely. That's great. And it is, it's an awe-inspiring, uh, one of the greatest, probably the greatest spectacle in, in waterfowl and waterfowling and, and migration is these big spring migrations. So I definitely encourage people to get out there and, and de- encourage you to get back to the blind. I'm sure they're uh, probably sitting around like, where'd Tony go? <laughs> yeah, they'll see me soon enough. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you. I'd like to thank Tony Vandemore for joining us today. Provide a light goose conservation order update. I'd like to thank Clay Baird our producer for doing a fantastic job putting the show together. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us and supporting Wetlands Conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the ducks.